Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you as always for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 280. We're talking who will care about Asian fusion with Look Who's Cooking. We're going to be talking again to Ching Ren Hu, owner-operator. This is episode two of eight in this series of Best Served New. You know this is everything to me to be able to unlock and amplify the worth and work of food beverage entrepreneurs so important and right now thinking about different models besides just the restaurants that a lot of us grew up in and focusing on food trucks which i think is a fascinating it had a big boom there was a bubble it kind of went away a little bit and now we really see this resurgence as we're thinking about different ways to deliver the food, the experience that we want for our community. So I'm excited about this series. We're going to be talking about the step in our process that we call who we serve. And we really focus on the community that we're a part of, the community that we want to have that experience. And at the end of these, we build customer archetypes. We really want to understand who that person we serve is, who that audience is, what motivates them, where we find them right? All these different details and really get into the mindset of truly understanding them. So that's what we're going to dig into. And Ching has done that work. So let's bring Ching in now. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. All right. So mention what we're going to get into and we will get into that. We're going to walk through the forms that you've filled out to kind of pull at that information and uh, and dig into that. We're going to bring in Andrew Parr as well when we get to that point to walk us through that process uh, but I want to start with what we mentioned we would do last week and what we did last week, where we really dug into your mission story. And so I want to bring up last week's mission story, week number one, mission story. Look who's cooking delivers comfort to communities by cooking up compassion. Right? We felt like it was very spot on with the sentiment, who you are, what you really want to deliver to that community. We wanted to find more little ways to, to personalize it. So pull at those threads and some things came out you know, your your need for an inclusive environment and cuisine was important. The idea of abundance, the idea of family, taking that even further. And so this will be an ongoing process, but we have like a kind of a next step. So I want to bring that up. Week two now, right? Mission story. Look who's cooking is driven by inclusive cuisine. Our promise to those who join our family and feed an abundant soul. Now we're starting to pull a little bit. This feels more like you. It feels a little bit more personal. It feels a little less like copy and paste from some other corporate type mission statements. And so let's talk through this a little bit. Inclusive cuisine. And just for a moment, because I want to like get into the nitty gritty of this episode, but just for a moment, inclusive cuisine, especially. Why was that important? How did that come out of last week? And and now it seems like it's very much driving. I saw a lot of comments about people really loving the idea of inclusive cuisine. You bet. Um, kind of getting a customized experience for each person that comes to the truck, you know, where it might be the same menu item that multiple people are ordering, but they really feel that it's more geared towards them. Um, and, and, you know, especially with spe- special dietary, which is becoming more and more prevalent, um, yeah. you know, 
I think that's super important in, in the future of food. Yeah, I, I appreciate that so much. So, so we're going to keep working and evolving this, but I wanted to everybody who watched last week, who listened in last week, I want them to know this is an evolving process. And anybody who gets into starting their own business, it's an evolving process. It's ever moving and breathing and it's, it's hard. Like it's hard to get these perfect words that some are going to encapsulate who you are and the work that you do. And look, they're just words. Yet if they become a mantra, if they become a call to action for yourself, for your team, for your community, when the shit hits the fan and it always does, you have something that keeps you grounded and something that gives you that North star to aspire to. So I really, really think it's important. So I appreciate that. And it has been hard, right? You were touching base, right? You're writing an article that's coming out this week. Mm -hmm. You got an episode coming. You got a full-time <laughs> job. The truck is like almost done. Like all yep. of that. Talk about that for just a moment, uh, this process for you, where you're at right now. You bet. Um, feeling a little overwhelmed, um, but very grateful for, you know, even working with you and basically having goals each week, because I think it would be so easy right now without that to say, you know what, I got to focus on the full-time job, but right now trying to balance all of that mm -hmm. um, full-time job pays the bills right now, you know, as events are starting to slowly come back. Um, a lot of people are getting married in 2021. <laughs> so yeah. talking through all of those, talking with all of those couples and getting their proposals and everything written for that, but then also getting all my paperwork turned into um, the um, Jeffco public health department last week, picking up the truck last week, fully wrapped, um, you know, trying to time out when, you know, play, doing the social media marketing um, as far as when are we going to do the unveil of the truck wrap? Because it's, uh, I mean, I think once people see it, it's screams me, um, you know, and I'm super excited to uh, show that to people. So I can't wait. Well, I'm selfishly, I want you to unveil it on the show. We need to <laughs> overlay a, a picture of it. Okay. I think it's, I think it's great. I think being i think the excitement and the trepidation and just the struggle is the beautiful part about this mm -hmm. it, it feels it feels daunting and it is daunting yet it's the beautiful part of this is like you're just starting something no no even the help that that i'm giving you that, that our team's giving that sophie and andrew and lottie and everybody's giving you it's it's still it's you it's it's at the end of the day it's all you and there's something strangely exhilarating when you're an entrepreneur about being like, it's just me, I'm going to make it or not on my, on my own, mm -hmm. whatever that means. And there's something compelling about that. So I appreciate that. So I also appreciate you allowing us to play just a small part of that. So thank you for sharing that because there's vulnerability in that. Right. And, yeah. uh, and I appreciate that. All right. Let's talk about our customers, our guests, our community, our people, so fundamentally important. And sometimes in, in restaurants and food and beverage and hospitality, we're so about creating this dynamic that we think everybody else should just do what we have laid forth because we found something compelling, something beautiful, something that inspires us. And the reality is we really have to understand them and they and their experience, not just me, I and us. Mm -hmm. Right. And we struggle with that sometimes because we think we've unlocked the, the magical thing and expect everybody is going to understand it the same way that we do and they don't. So we got to meet people where they are. It's going to be fundamentally important in this process. And so I want to bring in Andrew Parnow to speak with us, to guide us. Andrew, good to see you. Good morning, everybody. All right. Customers, guests, community that we serve, so important. This who we serve part of our process is so important. Get clear on who we serve. Get clarity 
is so important. All right. We're going to dig into that. And out of that comes something practical. Every step of our process, we want something practical that you can apply to your business. Customer archetypes are that. Now, we're going to break that down. There's some ugly, boring stuff of like, how much money do they make? And what job do they have? And all these different things. Yet it is important if we're trying to, to deliver value, it's important for us to understand the financial, the, the life cycle part of where people are at in their own lives and how we can be a part of that. So we're going to dig into that. And then there's some storytelling, what motivates them, why they would care, what problem you might solve for them. So we'll dig into all that. So Andrew, if you want to kind of take it from here a little bit and run with it. And as always, I'll interrupt and jump in because I get too excited. I can't help myself. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, one of the big things that we're doing here is we're we're connecting the dots we're we're pulling the thread all the way through you know looking at, at putting the pieces of the puzzle together so what we want to do here is we want to take who you are and your story and connect it to the customer and figure out how who you are and how who the customers are mesh together and so one of the things that I want to pop up on the screen is something that we're going to take a look at. And this is going to be the finished product or a version of the finished product um, that you get to take away and use with all of your archetypes. And so we're going to take the forms that you submitted and all of the information, and then we create this visual for you so that you can always refer back to it. And things are always going to add, you know, add change um you know as you go take your truck from location to location you may find out that some archetypes are more dominant in certain locations than in others but you'll always have that foundation of the archetypes that you've built and you know who you're pardon the pun catering to right yep. <laughs> so what we'll do here, excuse me, at the top, we'll, we'll name the archetype. And obviously, you've built a few to begin with. And then on the left is their characteristics. It's more of the personality side of who they are, what drives them, what their motivators are. And this is where you can pull in, you know, where they spend time, um, your story that you've built about them, the, the elevator pitch and what they're motivated by. And then as Jensen said, on the right hand side, we've got the purely, you know, data driven demographic. What's their what's their age, their gender or how they identify employment and career and their income range. And then where the Venn meets in the middle is where we'll pick specific menu items of yours. And then we'll figure out based on their characteristics and their demographics <clears throat> tied back to your story, why these particular menu items match best with each archetype so that you really know which of your items you're selling to which customers that you have. That's perfect. All right. So we'll bring up the form to kind of go through the process as the sequence of questions that we ask you and Andrew can pop that up. In the meantime, it's those, those menu items, the extension all the way through, and you'll see this tie together again and again and again when we get into menu descriptions, right? When we get into the marketing language, you might be marketing the same dish because it's your most popular dish. Let's say the, the Cuban, Cubano style sandwich. You're probably going to use slightly different language and then target market to somebody within Facebook who that part of that dish is why they would order that from, from you. 
And so that's where you can get really nuanced and understanding and you can apply that that methodology, that thinking and that language. So let's go through the form a little bit. We're going to look at you built two archetypes. That's we always want everyone to start with two archetypes. We have you build out a form. Basically, it asks you all these sequence of questions and gets to kind of what that archetype is. And so let's expand that a little, Andrew, so we can see this. And we're going to go through. You had woo, woo, woo. Uh, vegetarians is one, which I love. I love the names, like having playful names helps them be memorable as well. And you almost like will remember all the details of them. And then you don't have to refer back to this all the time. And then the other ones that you had gluten-free nerds. That's great. I appreciate that. One of my favorite uh, gluten-free uh, former co-workers and friends, Travis Plocky, always called himself a glutard, um, which is just hilarious how people will take something that potentially is a vulnerability or makes them other and own that. And you're taking that idea and owning it as far as being able to deliver a meaningful food product that has excluded a lot of people that have gluten allergies, that have a gluten sensitivity because there's just soy, soy especially so heavy, so prevalent in Asian and Chinese cuisine. So really, really appreciate that you going at that. So let's talk about these, Andrew, break them down. Let's go through the demographics quickly. We'll touch on them again and say, all right, is this the value? Are they able to spend this much money on these menu items? And we'll refer back to those constantly as we go through this process a little bit. But just kind of break down what we're looking at here, Andrew. Right. So uh, what we have here are the results of the form that Ching submitted. And so the age group that we're looking at uh, for our gluten-free nerds is 25 to 32. So do you want to talk, Ching, a little bit to why you picked that age range? You bet. Um, you know, partially to be a little bit different than the woo-woo vegetarians, I think, honestly, the age range could be a little bit larger, but I do feel like there is a bigger swing um, with some of the, you know, late 20, early 30-year-olds in trying to eat inherently a little bit more gluten-free, um, eat healthier lifestyles, that type of thing. So that's kind of what drove me to pick that age range. Yeah, and Andrew, I think it's a good age range too, because I agree, I think it, it runs the gambit. You're gonna have 54 year olds that are focused on that as well. Yet I think these are the ones that are gonna become like the acolytes. They're gonna be the ones that are those early adopters that move people into the early majority that really get people motivated. So they'll be singing your praises the loudest. So they not only will be a big segment, they might not even be the biggest segment. You might end up at 32 to 40 might be your biggest segment. Yet the 25 to 32 year old might drive the most awareness and attention and build your, your base the most. So I, I think you're spot on in that in that age range for sure yep absolutely and i, I think that's it's a great point you know really targeting the people that are going to be the apostles and the raving fans that are, are going to carry that banner for you and then uh you identified uh predominantly uh women as uh as your gender um is that are you finding that there are more women that are uh concerned about gluten in your experience so far I think so. And also just kind of knowing some of the networks that I'm involved in, um, you know, that's that's who I speak to the most, um, you know, a lot of different social media groups and that type of thing. I know that I've got a pretty wide audience that I can I can talk to within that. Perfect. That's perfect. Yep. And then uh, for the for this particular archetype, you chose hospitality as the employment career, obviously a huge segment. Um, why did you select hospitality as the employment or career sector for this archetype? 
You bet. So kind of thinking through, you know, I, I, when I was writing these archetypes, kind of had specific people in mind. Um, again, hospitality yeah. is the majority of my network out in the Denver, Colorado area. Income was one of those hard ones where I was like, okay, we're not going to look at 2020. We're going to say like on a normal year, kind of what that in income looks like, because I think hospitality was one of the hardest hit um, industries um, through 2020. So hoping to see um, an upswing in 2021 for things to get back to um, a little bit more normal. Yeah. Now, 75 to 100,000, not many people in hospitality make that. So you definitely you've set that that kind of bar and expectation. So now I'm starting to see a little bit. You're talking about like movers and shakers. These are women that are like very dynamic, own, potentially own their own catering company, own their own events company, own a venue. Like so they're they're not just necessarily workers. I think to the point you're going to be able to expand in that and you're going to create a food product. But what we're talking about here is the people that are going to really build your foundation, mm -hmm. and build the amplification of what you're doing. So it's a very specific. These are this is like a powerhouse group of people within hospitality. Uh, they're not just working the job for six months, nine months in a restaurant and, you know, going moving to the mountains to work in the mountains for the season, anything like that. You're talking about a very specific group of people. Is that the way that you're thinking about it? Yeah. And also looking, you know, this one, I kind of, with this archetype, I kind of was envisioning a couple. And so with that income, potentially having that second person's income kind of playing into that Got it. Okay. Um, kind of household income, if you will, is, is kind of what I was looking at. Okay. Understood. That's a, that's a good distinction to understand. So appreciate that. So you're talking about couples, decision-making and kind of engagement led by a woman in that relationship and then also having a second income in that house, however mm -hmm. that plays out. They may or may not be a part of hospitality, but wanting the women driving the decision making to be hospitality, to understand that. So that's an, those are important distinctions. I, I appreciate that. All right. Motivations. This is so important. And I, why, I think why and, it's so important. Right. And, and I think you did based on what you've got so far in this archetype, you did a really great job of tying the motivations back to the person or people that you're referring yeah. to already, right? Because obviously quality and style of food and beverage both ties back to who you are and ties very directly to uh, who the people are that you're building in this archetype. And then especially, you know, for all of us, but especially in that 25 to 32 age range, online presence and ease of ordering, so very important as motivators. Yeah. And, and this is key. I, I call it, you know, know my motivation. Like, why do I buy? Why would I buy anything from you? Because you make good food, because you have a cool wrap on your truck. I don't care. I got stuff going on in my life. You mm -hmm. need to create a compelling why for me. And that comes from you understanding why I would spend one moment caring about what you're doing. Who will care about Asian fusion that you're doing? You care about it because it's your personal journey. It's your story. It's your hustle. It's your grind. It's your business. It's your baby. Mm -hmm. It's not them. They have a yeah. real, they have their life going on. So you have to find those intersections. Know my motivation is fundamental to this. So I want you to take these, like, look, we throw a bunch out there and you check the boxes and you pick them. That's not going to be good enough. I, and I think you know that you have to mm -hmm. really understand quality. What does that absolutely mean to them? Are they driven by the ingredients? Are they driven by the techniques? Are they driven by what about quality are they expecting? Do they want, you know, name brands? They want Nyman Ranch beef because they recognize that as a high quality brand. 
or how are you delivering on that? How are you communicating that? You know, so that's going to be fundamentally important for that is really digging into these. And what you're going to find is quality is going to be seven different things for you. You're going to have to really create your own quality qualifying of quality. So okay. I appreciate that. So I think you got spot on online presence and ease of ordering. You got to make it easy for people. They're not going to work that hard anymore. Too many people mm -hmm. are, are operating really well in this space. They're not going to work that hard. So you have to make it easy and simple for people. So I appreciate that as well. Where to find them? Let's get into that a little bit, Andrew. Right. So obviously these folks work in hospitality. So you're going to find them a lot at work, right? <laughs> um, but out, outside of work, you've identified local venues. So these you've identified these as people that like to be out and about in the community, right, Chen? Mm -hmm. Yes. Great. And then they're, uh, I presume, going to be determining where and what they're going to be eating and which venues they're going to be attending events at by spending an immense amount of time on social media as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, so a couple things here, Ching, I want to ask you about this is, Hospitality crowd is super busy. Hospitality crowd has a high expectation of food. Hospitality crowd has friends all over. You're going to have to break through a lot of different, not barriers, opportunities. They have so many more opportunities. They're so much more aware. The other thing that I see being a vulnerability about this, and I really want you to think about it, is I can count on one hand the number of restaurants that I go to more than once, more than twice, because it's always like, there's a new thing or somebody used to be my sous chef is now opening a restaurant or now there's this going on. There's that going on. There's so much happening in that space. And we are so adventure driven so often when it comes to food that we want to try something new. We want to give somebody a shot. We want to see what this is all about. And so you're going to have to figure out a way to create that regularity, mm -hmm. right? You're going to want to create that repeat business. You know how important that is. If you're always acquiring a customer for the first time, it's a vulnerability. So think, yeah. really, really think through that. It's also hard for people in this space. They're always pushing out content. So I agree. They're in Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. They're pushing out a lot of content because they have something that they're trying to sell as well. How you get them to then receive is going to be important. Have you thought through that a little bit? How you can create a banter within social media in, with people in hospitality to then lead to them becoming a part of the Look Who's Cooking family? haven't really dug down into that rabbit hole yet in all honesty um yeah. you know just even trying to be cohesive in any post that i make right now on instagram making sure i'm linking it to the right facebook page and when do i push it to my personal versus when do i link my um, business page knowing that right now my personal page has a lot more friends and, and that type of thing to try to get them actively engaged into my business page so just trying to play with all of those dynamics at this point in time okay ching this is important I want you to stop thinking and I want you to just post. Okay. I want, this is going to be a very important practice. I want you to think about capturing, not creating. Okay. Capture the moments that are just pure and real and they're happening with you, to you, for you, and put that out there. This is what this is about. This isn't rehearsed. We don't know exactly what we're going to talk about. I don't know what rabbit holes we are going to go down. I just know that you putting yourself out there is going to be super important. So okay. if you spend most of your time being like, where do I link to and who this and that, there's going to be time for that. And clearly that's what we're doing here. Yet for you as an exercise in just creating even more vulnerability, which creates more openness, which creates more intent and opportunity for people to find you, 
just like you found us and, mm -hmm. and now we're working on this together. So think a little bit less, capture more, uh, it will be helpful. And then get super tactical and smart and you're thoughtful <laughs> and creative and you understand how the, the machine works, how the game works, and then apply that ability that you have down the road. But I think you wanna move the big rocks first. And for you, it's the potential to like be unclear. I wanna have it perfectly crafted before I put it out and then you don't put anything out. Okay. And you don't know, like let people, give people the opportunity to say that was perfect. And you go, what? That was like nothing. Like I just threw it out there. It had no context. Mm -hmm. I did no story or depth around it. And people go, it just felt real. So allow okay. people the opportunity to engage with you. I can tell that that's going to be, you want it to be so perfect and just let yourself just be what it is now. People will, will gravitate towards you. I definitely feel that. And it's again going to where people are. So I talk about on demand, right? We think about on demand with Amazon or with with you know different streaming channels, but on demand for restaurants, meet people where they are. Now you have a food truck, you can physically drive to where they are. <laughs> Visually, you want to do that as well. You want to make sure that you're going to where they are. And if you're making this perfect post, that it is about you. And you want to make it about them. And that means go to where they are, engage in the way that they're engaging, find those opportunities to create a meaningful dialogue. And again, they're going to buy why you do what you do, not what you do. That's going to be fundamentally important. So think on demand. And that's about them, not about you, which is a struggle. I struggle with it all the time. Don't get me wrong. There's more content I should be putting out. There's more stories I should be putting out. And I find excuses all the time. I just push myself and push myself. And that's what you're going to have to do as well. So. I appreciate all that. Let's uh, maybe let's take like five more minutes. Let's touch on the dishes, touch on the stories a little bit, and then we will build uh, one of these. And next week we'll touch base on this again. And again, this is a living, breathing thing. But take us take us a little further here, Andrew. Yeah. So I think you know, list all the dishes that would be most enticing. And and what you've done here is what Jensen would say creates both an opportunity and a vulnerability at the same time. And the reason for that is that on the one hand, the opportunity is that all of the dishes are gluten-free, right? So, yeah. so this is a huge opportunity for this archetype that you've built. The vulnerability is not digging deep enough and picking a really specific item or two items Okay. that will be again you want somebody carrying the flag for you waving the banner and so what we really do want to do is drill down here and figure out okay yeah they can have the whole world or my whole world but but what's really going to drive them yeah and let's let's wrap about that for a second because i think since you kind of went so broad i want to i want to want to pull at that a little bit okay. and have you mention some specific things the gluten-free nerds, obviously, for the women that are driving that decision making, what's a dish when you're like, think of your, I know you're thinking of an individual two, three, five, right, that you've had this conversation with, that you've maybe cooked the dish for. Talk about one, and I want to really understand why that dish, why I should care about it. Who will care about this Asian fusion dish, this story of you and your family and the Chinese immigrant American dream story? Why would they care? Talk about one dish. Let's get into that for a second. Um, I'm going to go with the pho rolls. Um, those were a creation that I made when I was running Eden um, many, many years ago. Um, and back then it wasn't gluten-free. Um, you know, I had vegetarian option or, you know, the, the, I had a chicken pho roll basically um, 
on this rendition, I'm working on doing it more as a beef pho roll. So it's a little bit more traditional um, pho, if you will. Mm -hmm. But it's the sauce that really drives that, I think. And people loved ordering that. I hated making it when we were getting crushed because they're just so labor intensive. So working right now through what does that look like? How many orders, you know, is that something that we pre-make that we bring out on the truck so that it's a, a, and we're at a limited capped number yeah. for those well, to really Let's drive. go to why, not, not okay. how you're going to execute. Let's make it about okay. them. I want to really okay. focus on them. All right. So the, the first instinct I had, pho roll, I like that. It seems like it's going to be uh, wrapped in a package. It's going to be neat. All right. So mm -hmm. just like, let's call it as like women versus men. Men want to like have things running all over their face and messy and like we're into that women not necessarily so especially if they got to get back to work if they have they're planning an event and they don't want to spill anything because they've already made the switch into it's go time for this wedding whatever that is so that's the first instinct that I had and then and then you went to beef which I'm totally fine with red meat tends to be more geared towards men than women so I want to touch on that pho beef roll what why why I am planning an event for 285 people. I own the venue. I'm there. I'm doing my thing. You show up with the truck to be able to feed the staff. And then you're catering the event later, let's say. Why am I going to want that beef pho roll? It is quick and easy to eat, um, self-contained, um, nice, fresh, flavorful um, ingredients inside of that, um, you know, with, with bean sprouts and some rice noodles, basil, um, and then on the side, we would have the pho sauce. So you can kind of control how much sauce you want with it. And um, dipping? In dipping, correct. Okay, that's, that's where I want you to go, right? The, your first instinct was go, here's how I'm going to do the pho roll, which obviously makes sense. You're ops minded. I want you to go, why would I eat this pho roll in this moment in my life? What's motivating me on demand? Where am I in, my, in this day, in my life cycle? Any of those things are going to be important. Get clear on who okay. you serve. We're going to okay. keep going at those threads. So what you said there, I was like, yeah, I like that self-contained. I can dip my sauce. I get to customize it the way that I want it. I like the fresh and vibrant, the basil, and I like crunch and texture and colors. Those are the things that I feel like that person is going to care about, right? I want them to feel like even the creativity of like, you know, like what are the veggies that I'm putting in there? Well, they're thinking about decor a lot. So does that feel like it almost expresses this idea of design and decor? That's where I want you all the way, all the way to there and focus on them. And then you figure out what you need to do on the op side later. But that's mm -hmm. where we're going to go. And when you design okay. menu descriptions, which we'll do in a couple episodes from now, that's where I really want you to go. So I appreciate that. Uh, Andrew, kind of last thing. There was a story on there a little bit. Let's 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 pull at that. What what did you like about that? What do you want maybe Ching to work on to think about as we build more of these archetypes? Yeah, I, I mean I, I think we've got um, in in a few short sentences a pretty comprehensive story. Right? We've got we've got a married young professional with no no careers and a, and a well paying uh, I'm sorry with no kids and a well paying career. Um, you know, these are outdoorsy per people. Um, and despite being gluten free, uh, she's still a very adventurous eater. Um, doesn't like to cook. Quarantine has been miserable and, um, you know, is, is adventuresome in the way that she likes to spend her, uh, her free time as well with um, being a member of several fandoms and perhaps doing cosplay from time to time. Ah, 
cosplay. I like that's very, <laughs> very specific. Get that specific. I really appreciate that. You may or may not use that, yet staying in the mindset, I think, is super important. So I really like that. I like the adventurous side of what you mentioned. I think that's going to be key as well, because sometimes people that are eating gluten free or vegan or vegetarian, they get the whatever stuff, yep. right? They don't get the dish that's created for them. They get the, all right, keep this off of it and keep this off of it. And they basically, you're extracting all the good stuff from the dish, exactly. whatever's left is what I happen to be able to eat. So I appreciate that. All right, Andrew, this is great. I appreciate that. We'll let you go. Ching, I wanna just touch base with you for just a moment and think about what's gonna happen next week. So Andrew, thank you very much, sir. My pleasure. Thank you, Andrew. All right. For next week, we're going to keep evolving your mission story, right? Get that more personal, more exactly what you need it to be. And that's an ongoing process. And we're going to keep holding ourselves accountable to that. The archetypes, we will take your gluten-free nerds. We'll drop that onto the Venn diagram so we can visualize it and really start to understand that. And then you're going to build more and more and more of those. You want to layer as many people into it because you can even see the gluten-free nerds. To me, that's probably potentially two or three different archetypes okay. and different ways you're going to express yourself, different potential dishes. So I want you to work through just like we did. We kind of evaluated, asked the questions throughout that process to get to the, okay, I see exactly why they would order this dish for me. I know exactly where they are. I know how to communicate to them on why this would be important to them. So I'll we'll touch on that with you just for a second next week. And then next week we're going to talk more extended this idea, but who gets to cook Asian food, right? The idea of, of, is it your authentic traditional story? Is it your Chinese immigrant American dream story? Is it the idea of a fusion across Asian or across Asian meets, meets multiple other cultures? Uh, the idea of appropriation, like who gets to be a part of that? There's a lot of layers and a lot of potential politics and all that. I want you to really understand what you're navigating into and be very comfortable and confident that you know exactly your personal intent and how to communicate that is going to be important because you're gonna build a team. I know right now and for a while, you gotta do everything by yourself. <laughs> Eventually you're gonna build that team. We wanna understand that before you ever hire a single person. It's okay. gonna be very important. So how you express that and how they are allowed to express that will really matter. So. That's it. How you feeling about all feeling this? Feeling good. <laughs> it's a lot. It I appreciate is. it. It's a lot. And uh, it's people are going to resonate with you because it's just it's your journey. And they've been there or they want to be there or they're there right now. And sometimes you just feel like you got to put on a on a put on a smile. It's part of your uniform. Like <laughs> put on so much of, of bravado in this industry. Like we're unflappable right? Because mm -hmm. we can get through anything. Yet this, this shit is hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate you uh, being so open with us. So again, this is a Best Served Podcast 280. Who will care about Asian fusion? Look who's cooking. Best Served New Volume 2, Episode 2 of 8. And uh, Chang, appreciate it. I will see you next week. I'm going to wrap with Sounds the audience good. for just a moment longer. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. Absolutely in the comments, there will be links to be able to follow the full series, the playlists on either YouTube, Facebook, on our Anchor and purely audio platforms as well. So you can find this in any content style that you want to consume. Please check out the full series of this new. We have multiple news running, our table side series where we sit down with industry pros 
talk about some of their struggles and strifes within the industry, how we evolve, come to the table, and our newest channel, Best Served Custom, which is really focused on the customer journey. Totally interesting, totally new, and we need to really understand, get into the customer mindset. So we'll be talking about a lot of different things, especially focused on ease of ordering right now, as that is top of mind for everybody. That is it for this episode. Appreciate you all, as always, for tuning in. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.